that there might actually be such a thing as a romantic fairy godmama. Let me introduce you to the most amazing woman I have as a guest today who is going to teach you the right way to date because there is such a thing to actually make that work for you. And she is a badass standing in her power and helping other women to stand in their power when it comes to dating. So I had to bring her on the show, even though we're talking more on the personal side than the business side. But let me introduce to you Jen Burton. Jen, I am so excited to have you on the show with me. I, I'm really, truly thrilled to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Mm, yay. I, you know, we were talking a little bit before we hit record and it was like, you know, we're so clicking in how we think, how we see things. There's so much that's in alignment, even though you're in, you know, the personal, the dating and I'm in the business aspect, but there's so much overlap in what we want for women. We really want them to stand in their power. And I love how you're bringing that to the dating aspect. So Tell me, you know, tell the, the listener, how, how does that fit for you? Like, how are you showing up for people and helping them to date? It fits beautifully because unfortunately, some of the things that I've been seeing in my industry, um, and as you know, women tend to take on this very masculine role in the, in their workplace, in their business, in their career, really wanting to prove that they're just as competent as men. And what they're, they're doing is they're, they're exhausting themselves because we don't function just like men. Of course, we can do everything men can do, but we, we can do it in a different way that resonates with us more. And, men, and women aren't being taught that. I, I really think that you specifically are helping women start to negotiate that better. Well, I do the same thing in dating because what's happening is women in business, this masculinity that they're stepping into in their career and, and all these endeavors that they're kicking ass at, but becoming really exhausted from, they're also letting that leak into their personal life and they're either becoming um, really upset, frustrated, bitchy, even because they're, mm -hmm. they're just feel so depleted from it or they become, and I've seen, I've seen lots of incredibly and worked with lots of incredibly strong women who do this as well. Very successful women. They become a complete doormat when it comes to romance. And a lot of that's coming back into, there's a confusion about this notion of masculinity and femininity. We're telling women that they're not feminine enough. And then, so they're trying to push all the way back from that and become so fem what they consider so feminine that they're actually they're they're at, they're missing the entire point of femininity femininity is power it is real power and it is in my opinion and from what i have seen with your between men and women it is actually the most powerful it's more powerful than being masculine we are a man's weakest point we are the thing <laughs> yes. that they crave the most, regardless mm -hmm. of what they say, that that is a universal truth. So knowing how to harness that in a way that makes you feel powerful, makes you happy, helps you create everything in, in your life is so important. Oh, I love this because like this is, I feel so frustrated when I see women who are incredible, they're smart, they're successful. And then they go over to dating and it's like, where did your backbone go? Like, where yes. is that? And I don't know, for me, I think 
it's got to be unattractive to men to see a woman who's so powerful in her, her career and then suddenly become this doormat. It is very unattractive. It might play out in different scenarios within the bedroom that could work very well, but on a day-to-day basis in your relationship interactions, it's absolutely unattractive. And women are wondering why, uh, well, you know, I, I do everything he wants. I, you know, I call him, like he said, he told me he liked this. So I do this. He told me about his ex and she did all this stuff. So I make sure that I don't do this. And he's still not paying attention to me. He doesn't call me consistently. He's only using me for sex. It's only this, it's only that. And they're missing the entire point because again, we are their men's weakest point, but they are not wired for our undivided romantic attention and our clingy neediness when they have not decided that they really want us for the long term. So anytime, if he has not committed to an exclusive relationship with you and you are not the woman, let's say, even if you're in a relationship for a long time, let's say you start to become, make it all about him again, over and over and over again. At some point, he's going to fall out of love with you because you're not the woman he fell in love with. He was attracted Mm. to that strong, ambitious woman. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't there, like, I find there's a bit of a, men like to pursue. They like to have that little bit of a chase, a little bit of a hunt. A little bit. There's a, there's a degree of it. Yes. So there, there, of course, that idea, especially in my industry, is out there right now about letting men lead. Yes, you should definitely let men, men lead a, you know, a good percentage of the time. But that is not at the expense of your voice as a woman. So I've heard um, I've had clients come to me and things haven't worked out after working with other people in my industry and saying, you know, they teach this and they teach that. And I'm, and I'm horrified My body. I'm like, I want to vomit because mm-hmm. they're telling women things like, oh, just tell him how you feel, but don't tell him what you want because telling him what you want is nagging. Oh, like, what? What, what the hell? Are you fucking kidding me? How can any strong, ambitious woman live in that world and be happy? So she might be okay with it for a, a while because it feels kind of like a game and she's getting uh, maybe with a mentally unstable guy, she's getting a little bit more of what she wants. But at some point, she he either stops being attracted to her because it's not sexy long-term yeah. or he... Uh, or sorry, or she becomes bitter and resentful because she's having to keep her mouth shut. How many years have we been working for our voice? Yes. How many years? Oh, it's too long. This is horrible advice. It's, Absolutely it, horrible. Yes. And the, the only second advice, and I get really, I, I know there are a lot of men with decent intentions, but there are a lot of men out there who are teaching women to date. And essentially when you're teaching a, a woman to date, you're teaching her how to be a woman for her. Okay. And so what mm-hmm. they're doing is teaching women how to date under and be the woman of their dreams. Ugh. Okay. It's not, it, it, no matter what the good intention is behind it, there's never really a, a man cannot teach a woman how to be a woman. No, that can only be shared between women. And then women have to define it for themselves because every woman is just a little bit different. I love that because I, you know, I hate these cookie cutter approaches to say, this is the way to do it. I really, I'm with you on that. It's like people have to dig deeper and find out, you know, what is your fit? What is your vibe? How do you need to show up? And to tell somebody 
to not talk about what you want. Oh my goodness. That is so counterintuitive because I don't know. My experience is that men want to know what you want. It's like, oh, and you would know. You You would definitely know. (laughs) Right? Tell me how you want it. Tell me how you like it. Yes. Where do you want to go for dinner? I mean, that's one of the biggest complaints, right? Where do you want to go for dinner? Oh, I don't know. Where do you want to go? So, this is what I contend with on a daily basis. And, And it's, I love being the one, one of the, well, one of the people like you who is shaking this idea up to, to its core. Women have to discover who they want because they're men. And I hope you, you will confirm this for me. Men are so interested in knowing what turns you on, what makes you happy. And, but they don't know how to do it unless you instruct them and do it in a fun, playful way. And sometimes, depending on the situation in in a very, a very strict, um, commanding way as well. It just, it depends on the situation, but men really want to know what you want. Now the catch is men as much as they want to make you happy, they can't make you happy. Only you can make you happy. They can right. contribute to your happiness, but yes. they cannot make you happy. <laughs> they want to, and they'll spend a, a bit of time. And then if they realize that, you know, it's they, in their head, they're thinking, I can't make her happy. So then turn their attention away from you. But if you give him pieces to adore you by, to turn you on by, to have fun with you with, oh mm-hmm. my God, the, the, possibilities are limitless in this scenario. Absolutely. I mean, in so many aspects, like one of the driving forces that I notice is that men love it when they get things right. So when, oh gosh, yes. if, right, if then you, you give them a little tidbit of like, oh, I like it like this, whether it's mm-hmm. like, I love it when you hold my hand when we walk down the street, or I love it when you do this in the bedroom, when you give them something really specific and they do it and then you're like, oh, that's awesome. They, they light up. It's amazing. Yes. Yes. Instead of just the, hey, will, will you do this? Now, sometimes the, hey, will you do this? If it doesn't have a lot of background noise, meaning a lot of um, judgment behind it or mm-hmm. a disappointment from you in it, that'll work, but making it more playful. So sometimes this is my uh, my thing. I get caught up in nutrition and trying to find, you know, what's the optimal, um, way to feed myself to exercise so that I feel my best all the time. And Mm -hmm. my husband gets caught in that sometimes. And he had some health issues this last year. So I've been doing a little bit of research here and a little bit of research. Well, he gets, you know, tired of that at times. He'll do it with me for a little bit, but he doesn't have a lot of endurance. Well, so, um, I've been wanting him because of the health issues and because he's six foot two and he's slamming, I've been wanting him to start to start um, exercising again so that he'll feel better. Um, and even though he's come a long way since he got really pretty ill, well, if I asked him, "Hey, are you going to exercise?" I kind of he kind of blows me off at times because <laughs> I've kind of taken him down a little uh, um, the rabbit hole a little with right. that. But the other day. I walked up to him and I said, I, and I touched his, I touched his bicep and I, and I stroked him for a second. I was like, wow, have you been working out and haven't told me? And he looked at me and he's like, no. I said, well, you're doing something right. Next morning, he was in the gym. Next morning. <laughs> I love it. See that, that's the power of the feminine persuasion mm-hmm. at its best. Yes. Love it. So there's different ways to navigate it, but women should always have their voice. Always. Uh, yes, absolutely. 
And, and there's such a strength like to recognize that we have a power and it's been squashed for a long time, yes. And that doesn't mean we go down this rabbit hole of, you know, I'm a victim, I've been hurt, all that kind of thing. But saying, you know, how do I now embrace my natural abilities? How do I now embrace what I've been given in a way that works for me? Yes, absolutely. And um, I guess and the other thing to the, to the victim part, because this is really important, when you step into being what I called an adored woman, uh, when you step into your power in any piece of your life, you can acknowledge that you've been hurt. You can feel those feelings and you can process them but don't cling to them as your identity. That's really, really, truly important. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if the world has given you that identity. You start to step away from it, okay? Feel the feelings. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. Nobody is saying that you didn't experience this, but it's your turn to take that experience, even as horrific as it might have been, and do something with it. I, you know, when we were talking before, I love what you did with your experience as a child, how you've turned it into healing, into mm -hmm. prosperity, into having all the things that you want. I think that's phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we can, we can absolutely take our experience and use it and learn from it. Like I really, you know, there's a lot of crappy things that I had growing up with. We, so many of us have gone through crap. And, and yet now I can truly look and say, you know what? It was a gift. I would have preferred to have gotten the gift a different way. Yes. But I am so grateful for the gifts and abilities that I have as a result of what I went through. Yes. And that's also, you, as you know, because you've done a lot of work around this, so you can consider it a gift. But sometimes I think both you and I have women that come to us and in, that, in the early stages, they're still not to the point that they can see it as a gift. So mm. seeing it as, um, I want to always offer the word opportunity. It doesn't mean it has to feel like a gift because that's sometimes hard to accept until you yes. get to the place that you're at or that I'm at. But an opportunity, there's always somewhere to grow from it and something that it can open for you. And Absolutely. It, it may be something you never even thought of. Yeah. I mean, even just that first step of having, having it so that it doesn't affect you anymore. You know, I can remember early days where there'd be flashbacks, you know, getting to the place where you no longer have flashback. That's a huge accomplishment. You I know, can only imagine because I have not experienced that, um, that kind of abuse in my life. And I can only imagine how relieving that must have been. Absolutely. It creates a lot more space, a lot more ease, and then you're a lot more willing to make those steps of stepping up. And of course, for you with, with the dating, um, you know, the more women land in their own healing, mm -hmm. the easier it is for them to show up fully in a dating situation. 100%. I, part of the reason I'm doing this is my mother... Um, who passed away in 2009, when I was very little, she went to the grocery store and she was abducted and raped by two men. Mm. And I didn't find out about this until I was 12, but I watched the course of everything. And, and I, I live back uh, going through my childhood. I watch how she never actually did any healing around this and how it made it truly difficult to step into her own life, even though she was very powerful in many ways. And it, it essentially drove her crazy because 
I am, I can only imagine she was reliving it, um, repeatedly at times. And she would mm-hmm. use substances, of course, to try to drown that memory out. Mm. I doing this because I, I still feel very sad that I didn't recognize all this while she was still alive and attempt to help her in some ways. But I'm doing this as a dedication to my mother because I don't want to see women to keep stepping into these same patterns, regardless if it's something super traumatic, as such as sexual abuse, rape, other things, or even something on a smaller scale, like you know um, what I experienced with my father made it very clear that I, uh, growing up, that I mean he just didn't like me. Mm. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell you that now, but he, that's, that's the behavior and what I took on. So women, we all have something that we feel hurt by and men, a lot of times are at the, you know, at the face, the face of whatever that trauma is. But what I'm here to do and help women is to bridge that gap again, because not all men are like that. And a lot of them actually aren't. And we can, we can do something powerful when we start to heal from these pieces and then have some, add the fo- component of fun to it so that you can step mm. into your dating life and not do it in a, as a fear-based. I'm only doing this because this is a necessary evil. I'm only doing this because I would like to have a relationship. But if I didn't have to date, I would never do that. No, dating is your opportunity to change the story to recreate the narrative and to create everything you want romantically and sexually. Uh, I love that. I love the fact that you're taking it and inviting people to step into dating, being fun and playful and having that, you know, opening up their experiences. And I know, so one of the things that you're doing, and I'm going to probably mispronounce it, but the montagery montage yeah. i call um, it mantourage dating thank like you. an entourage of men <laughs> <laughs> i told you i was going to butcher it <laughs> i know it's okay but i love the montagery that's giving me some ideas right now mm. uh, new words <laughs> there you go mantourage dating which is essentially dating more than one man at a time until you find your forever man or indefinitely if you so choose because it's really important that women start giving themselves permission to explore who they are romantically instead of worrying about men. Mm, I love this because it's like in so many ways it addresses the things where I, where, you know, I'm not an expert in this, but where I see a lot of women getting tripped up. And one is that when you have one man that you're focused on in on, you kind of like so many women get that obsessive kind of like cling on and the guy is like out of there. He's out of there so fast and he can't handle your undivided romantic attention until, you know, until he's decided that he reciprocates that. So if you're giving it to him and giving it to him, it's like you're smacking him in the face really hard repeatedly. (laughs) And, And we women, and I used to, by the way, I was the queen of obsession queen of obsession. I know some women have some trouble with the word obsession, so we'll break it back. So um, I was also the queen of undivided romantic attention before it was merited. Men need that opportunity to step up for you. And that's how he, in his process of doing for you, he starts to fall in love. If you're not giving him that opportunity because you've made it all about him and whether that be you initiating the calls, whether it be you arranging all the dates, whether it be you trying to figure out what he likes all the time, he's, he's not going to, you're not giving him any space to say, damn, I can't stop thinking about her. What do I get to do next? Mm, 
I love that. That's such a good insight. And, you know, it makes me realize kind of like what I did right when I landed my husband because mm-hmm. you know, he was not the only one on the go. And I made that really clear. And I think that made him work harder. He actually says it made him work much harder to to win me over, to show me that he was the one. Mm-hmm. And And then there was not that obsessive thing going on at all. That's awesome. Yes. Mantrash dating is very effective for not obsessing if you do it right. Now, some women, will, they'll come to me and they'll say, Jen, I'm mantrash dating, but it's not working. And I can guarantee you it's one man that they really like and a couple other men that they couldn't care less about. <laughs> so it has to have, you have to have genuine talent in your mantra. You <laughs> have to have a real shot and opportunity. I do want to say though, um, to your point of you made, you made it clear to him, he wasn't the only one. I, because a lot of women aren't comfortable doing that and they're so f- afraid of telling uh, men that they're dating somebody else because he's going to walk away. I also know that it works without telling men. And that's actually what I do recommend because there's an energy around it without even you having to say anything. Mm. Men have this radar that when you're really having a good time with another guy, your radar, their radar starts to go off, go off and they can't even articulate it. It's not, con- it's nope. not conscious, but they start thinking about you and it's, it's, it's kind of an oh shit mode. It's not <laughs> a bad thing for them. Well, I, I'd almost see it as like the primal, you it know, is. when, you know, the yes. rutting for the, the, you know, the top position, right? The mm-hmm. males all go into battle. <laughs> exactly. Which can be really hot. Um, it's also a very good filter for guys who are mentally unstable and that, and, and I, I'm not saying anything against, I'm talking, I'm talking about men who are very, would be very challenging to ever bring around. I'm not saying anything against, um, mental health, but there are men out there who are extremely possessive, um, extremely controlling and abusive. Mm. And this is, it's not a hundred percent filter, but it's a very effective filter because those type of men can't handle that energy and they will show their hand very quickly. I love it. That's a great way to just cut it, cut at least the majority off at the pass um, before you get into a big messy situation. Yeah. Well, any guy, I do things a little differently than most, than most people in my industry do. I don't cut guys off really fast unless they exhibit some of that behavior. And, and again, it, it, it happens a lot faster when you're doing mantraage dating because of the fact they can't handle that energy. They want to make you theirs. And then as soon as you say, I'm not ready yet, they start to get really strange about it. And yeah. And they do show their hand. And I, and I had that happen a couple of times. And the best part of it is when you do cut them off very quickly before you've invested a lot of time in them, those, those specific type of guys, yeah. they're less likely to attach to you. Absolutely. And, you know, I talk a lot about the narcissist and, and I'm guessing that that's the type that you're alluding to, but we know their big thing is they, they want to attach early and they want to attach fast and hard. Mm-hmm. And if they can't do that in the beginning, then their their power is lost. So being able to to tip your hand or tip their hand to what they're trying to do is such a great key piece to stay in your power. Exactly. And it strengthens our boundaries, which boundaries are sexy. You know, boundaries are sexy within within um, the bedroom and boundaries are sexy outside of the bedroom. Yes. 
and, and in all areas of our lives, we mm-hmm. need to have these areas where it's like, this is okay, this is not okay, and standing firm in them. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. So good. So one of the other things, there was something else I wanted to just kind of highlight in here. Because, um, you know, particularly successful women have these things. I don't know what it is. It's like really smart women dating really stupid men or really bad men. Like, what is that? And Oh, oh let's talk about that. That's one of my favorite topics. Oh, good. Thank you for bringing that up. No worries. <laughs> okay. Now, I know you, you see this, but here's what happens. Most women think it's only really successful men who date very less intelligent women. The truth is, is that this happens. So I used to do this, by the way. Um, I, it's basically you because you are still very insecure romantically, whether it's you're not com- comfortable with your romantic vulnerability, you uh, think certain types of men wouldn't want you. Some p- women take their ego into another place to protect them as well. So they be, they're, they're just like, I don't, um, he just doesn't have enough time. This type of man doesn't have enough time for me. So I, I don't, I don't want to mess with that. There's, there's just so many different versions of that, but it happens a lot. I talk, tell women all the time, I said, the long-term chemistry um, is based on a couple of things. It's your ability to be playful together in case, in case the sexual chemistry can wane. It, it can mm-hmm. ebb and flow, and um, you need a pathway to get back to it. Playfulness is one of the big ways. But I said, you will never be, I have always said, you will never be able to maintain it long-term if you're with a man who does not meet you intellectually. Mm. Looks change. That's a guess. That's, and that's something that we accept. So that part, and, and, you know, there are a lot of people who are in their eighties and up who are having lots of sex. So with each other, which means (laughs) I'm glad you clarified that (laughs) (laughs) maybe with themselves. I don't know. (laughs) And, And I, you know, there are a lot of younger men that like older women too. So there's, there's some good, but a lot of sex is happening. And that means, and that tells me that looks are not that important to sexual chemistry. It's the way you feel around somebody that is a huge turn on. And you can never really, as a strong, ambitious woman, a woman who, you know, wants to build her empire or who has built her empire, you will never be turned on long-term by a man who doesn't meet you intellectually ever. I love it. And, you know, I, I'm just going to add my own two cents in that intellectually can mean different things. Like mm-hmm. my husband is very different in the way that he's much more the, the blue collar guy, but he's smart in that he can, he can analyze, he can look at things. He's actually very spiritual, though he doesn't talk woo at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's on the outside, it would look as though we are differently matched intellectually, but he just has more of a street smart intellect as opposed to the book smart intellect. Well, I agree with you there. Um, and I should, I probably should have clarified that as well. There's so many different types of intellect. Yes. What I am specifically referring to is somebody who mentally stimulates you. Yes. If he can't mentally stimulate you wherever he's at, then you know, I, I remember in high school, I dated this really beautiful guy. He was, and he was so sweet. 
well, he had very little going on upstairs and, <laughs> and but he was so sweet and so pretty. Um, it, I was kind of torn, but I'm, I'm glad I was torn because <laughs> knowing what I know now, yes. <laughs> that would have been so challenging. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's looks are great, but it, you know, after a weekend you're like, okay, I think yeah. you need to move along because mm -hmm. I need to be able to talk to somebody. Yes, absolutely. You need to, ladies, you need to be mentally stimulated. That is the big thing. And again, I, I'm glad you, I, you brought that up because there are different types of, of intellect. And when I say to be intellectually compatible, it doesn't mean that you have to you have to know all of the same things. Sometimes that works really well. And then sometimes like you and your husband, my husband and I are exactly the same way. And he's extraordinarily smart, but his work is, he does, he does blue collar work as well. And what you really want to do is find a guy that is intellectually stimulating, is also enthusiastic about who, who he is or not who he is specifically because guys aren't going to always go, Oh, I'm so amazing. But, <laughs> well, mine does. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, I'm talking about more of the enthusiastic with what he does in life. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's sexy. It's sexy for women and it's sexy for men. Absolutely. And, and that was one of the biggest uh, turn-ons for me was that, you know, he'd be talking about repairing these bobcats and he's so lit up about them and I could you oh, know, yeah. really give a rat's ass about, you know, mechanics, but, but he's so enthusiastic about it that I, I, I feel like I've, you know, over the years learned to fix bobcats. <laughs> indirectly. <laughs> I, I feel like this could be a really hot sex scenario too. <laughs> yeah, except I just don't like you want to show me what you do with your bobcat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, there is so much that we could explore in here, and I am so delighted to have had you on as a guest, and you know, being able to introduce you to people. So. I know people are going to want to go deeper with this, and you have you have a, an intro offer. I absolutely do. do. Um, that I have for your ladies specifically. One, one of the best ways, if you are building your business empire and you are single and you really would like to date, but you don't know about going out all the time and how to navigate things, one of the best systems that you can use for dating is online dating. But you have to be extremely careful and not throw up what I call a whatever profile, which is, oh, I don't know what the hell to say. So I'm just going to put some stuff up here and hopefully it works. You need to think about what you're putting up there, just like you do in business. Mm -hmm. So I have an offer that your ladies can go to at havehimyourway.com forward slash dominatrix. And I will give, give you ladies you, the first two chapters of my online dating program that teaches you exactly how to build this incredible online dating profile that leads to offline romance and really helps you stand out in the right way from the thousands of women around you and attract those high quality men, the ones that you, you know, you really want to talk to and explore. <laughs> yes. So that again, that's at havehimyourway.com forward slash dominatrix. And believe me, tr this is the best system for dating out there. It's got the largest pool of single available men. And even if you've had horror stories, I've heard the horror stories, I can guarantee you we can trace a lot of that stuff back to crappy profiles that aren't worthy of you. 
Wow. That's incredible. That would be some, some really interesting statistical data. Um, not that I'm like into stats all the time, but I just find it fascinating. It's like if you can correlate it for people to see, you know what, the story that you're putting out, the marketing that you're putting out, and it, it makes sense, you know, because in business, the marketing that you're putting out attracts the people that are coming in. So what are you putting out? Exactly. So it's so important for people to be able to get that, you know, dating profile up in a way that it calls in who they're actually looking for. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that gift. I, th- I think that's going to be really powerful for people to clean up their profile and attract the man that they're actually looking for. My pleasure. Cool. All right. So, and then um, the havehimyourway.com, that is your website to, for people to find you? Yes. And if they would like to check out our podcast, oh, yes. Single Smart Female, you can go to singlesmartfemale.com or you can check it out on iTunes, of course. Awesome. Yes, that is a great resource for people. So thank you once again, Jen. I look forward to getting to know you better in the future. And um, I know people are really going to just lap up this information and clean up their dating profile and find the man of their dreams. And thank you for doing what you do. Thanks for tuning in to the Inner Dominatrix podcast, the show that gets you stepping into being the badass in business you were born to be. All right, if you have not downloaded the app, make sure that you get over to Apple or the Google Play Store and download the free app. Have a search for Dana Ferrant Inner Power and you will have immediate access to way more tips and tools, all the things that you need stepping into your power and really exponentially growing your business.